Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek from the Catholic Review. Father Matthew Buning cringed when he opened his copy of the Tower Light on Valentine's Day, the so-called sex edition of the student newspaper of Towson University featured student articles including a defense of polyamory and several personal accounts of sexual exploits. Father Buning, Catholic chaplain of the university, saw the issue as celebrating everything that's wrong with the popular culture's view of sex and love. He wrote a letter to the editor, published by the Tower Light, challenging students to see sex as a gift from God. I recently spoke with Father Buning on the campus of Towson University at the Newman Center. It reminded me of a great story of um, uh, a Catholic speaker who said that um, there was this, like in the, in the 60s, there were two people, Hugh Hefner and John Paul II, <laughs> who, who found in the garbage a, the, the, the image of human sexuality. It was all crinkled up and it was all kind of, of uh, ruined. And, and um, Hugh Hefner looked at it and he said, this is important. John Paul II looked at it and said, this is important. The only problem is that Hugh Hefner just took it and kind of looked at it all crinkled and distorted and and just kind of said, this is important, we should really look at this. And he presented a kind of distorted, um, twisted view of what is truly important, sexuality love. John Paul II, rather, took this image out of the garbage and and smoothed it out and opened it back up and and made it uh, into what it truly is, the, a beautiful expression of God's love for us, a gift that God has given to us. Uh, and then he said, "Let's look at this. You know, that not the distorted image, but rather the, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the purified and um, and and uh, true image. What it is. So, so I, I just really thought to myself uh, on this on that Valentine's Day that you know they're looking at a distorted image and they're confused. They know something's important about it." But they don't know what, and they don't—they don't have a, a clear sense of that this is a gift from God, and that it is something to be treated with reverence, and it's a, the highest expression in, in many ways of, of of human love. And so, um, so I decided to write this article, and and and, and write it in a way that um, was not going to like condemn other people's views. I know that doesn't go very far on college campuses. But rather challenge them to a new way of looking. Um, use their own kind of desires to be different and radical and against the culture kind of thing. Use that to inspire them to this high calling of Christ to um, save sex to marriage, to uh, respect the dignity of every human person, um, uh, to you know be free from the temptations of. Of, uh, of, of pornography, um, you know. At the same time, also, you know, stay away from drugs and and alcohol, those, those kind of things, which 
tie into it tangentially. So, um, yeah, so I decided to, to write that, and uh, it was immediately, I, 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 I sent it that day, Valentine's Day, the next day, and it was like in the afternoon or so, um, the next day it was on the online version. And I thought, oh, wow, that's great. It's on the online version. And that's when the emails started coming in, kind of saying, wow, we really thank God for someone saying this. You know, most of them from teachers that were just like, you know, overjoyed that somebody was fighting against the, the tidal wave of, of uh, craziness that was being presented to the students. And they've seen the negative effects. One was a nursing um, teacher, a professor, and just kind of, you know, kind of knowing uh, the, the other side of what happens when people follow the, the worldly ways of, of how to deal with sexuality and love and the, you know, the, the, the pain and broken hearts, physical illness, all those things that come along with it. So. It seems like what's happening on this campus is not isolated at this campus. So you could probably go to any campus in the country and the same thing is happening. How does the church break through that notion of sex as recreation or it's just something everyone does is you do it for fun and that's the end of it. There's no higher meaning to it. It's a great question. I think a lot of our job is going to be picking up the pieces um, it's so hard to break through this kind of wall uh, of, of distorted sexuality that our culture is. Uh, I mean, we see it everywhere. I mean, on on our advertisements and every station, um, you know, of course, in the Internet and in the pornography industry being, you know, billions and billions of dollars. So I... So I I think that it's so hard for us to break through. There are some things that are making some headway, but there are so many. The, the results of that that uh, mentality from our culture, it, it breaks people and it hurts them, and they left broken. That's where we need to step in. That's where we can reach them. And I wish we could reach them before, but at least we can minister to them when... Um, their 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 hearts have been broken by a uh, relationship that was just uh, you know used for physical pleasure uh, or um, people who feel that their self worth is only found in their exterior beauty. Um, those things will only last for a short time. People hurt uh, because of that, and that's where I think we enter in because the society then discards them. But the society just. That this machinery that is pumping this poisonous lies of, of, uh, of recreational sexual activity it doesn't harm anybody. You know, pornography is no problem, and you know, beauty is the most important thing. Pleasure is the most important thing. That's just a machine that that breaks down humanity. And the pieces that are left over is where I think the church as a field hospital, uh, as uh, Pope Francis talks about, needs to come in and really lift people up, um, putting them back together, healing them, showing their beautiful worth, their infinite value. And then I think they become immune to the, the, the lies of the culture after that. But it's kind of a... Uh, you know how inoculation is a, uh, a, a neutered form of the disease, right? That you get, and then you become strong, and you and you you're able to resist it in the future. Um, I think that 
once people have seen and experienced the unfortunate results of this uh, distorted view of, of sexuality, um, we can come build them up and then they'll know those are lies and they'll never fall for them again, we hope. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll never fall for them again. This is George Matasek from the Catholic Review speaking with Father Matthew Buning, Catholic chaplain of Towson University. Our conversation will continue after these messages. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. If you're a Catholic in the Archdiocese, or for that matter, a person of any faith in Baltimore City, chances are you've run into Bishop Dennis Madden, Auxiliary Bishop Emeritus of Baltimore. Known to always have a smile on his face and a twinkle in his eye, he has confirmed thousands across the Archdiocese, as well as led countless prayer walks through the most afflicted neighborhoods of Baltimore City. A savvy negotiator with a doctorate in psychology and a resume that includes a decade in the Holy Land and serving as point man for the U.S. bishops for all things ecumenical and interfaith, Bishop Madden submitted his resignation to Pope Francis as required on his 75th birthday, March 8, 2015. He's not retiring anytime soon, though. Baltimore Archbishop William E. Laurie has asked Bishop Madden to remain quite active as urban vicar, serving the city parishes he has known and loved for so long. April 1st was the 50th anniversary of Bishop Madden's ordination to the priesthood, and our April issue, available now in parishes, has a special section dedicated to the man who grew up in the Bronx, joined the Benedictines, and eventually found his way to Baltimore. Learn about how his father, a railroad brakeman who brought, quote, hobos, unquote, home for dinner, shaped the nascent bishop, who would go on to get involved in the peace movement, work with violent offenders, and much more. It's all in the Catholic Review. Also in the Catholic Review, on our website, did you know hundreds of people marched through the streets of Annapolis April 3rd to speak up for the vulnerable in the 39th annual Maryland March for Life? You might not know because... The third was also opening day. You can read all about the march, however, on catholicreview.org. And speaking of life, the daughter of a great pro-life saint visited the archdiocese March 30th. When Dr. Gianna Emanuela Mola was in the womb, she told an audience at St. Paul Parish in Ellicott City, a tumor threatened both her life and that of her mother, St. Gianna Beretta Mola of Ponto Nueva, Italy. The woman was given three choices, a hysterectomy to save her life but end her babies, an abortion followed by surgery, or a risky surgery to try to remove the tumor and avoid harm to her baby. You've probably surmised, through the word saint that precedes her name, that Saint Gianna chose the last option, the risky surgery. Learn more about her, a woman bold enough to proclaim her love for her future husband, a shy man, in a letter at catholicreview.org. Visit catholicreview.org for many more stories and for breaking news. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Eric Zygmunt. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have the Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. 
You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. With Palm Sunday this weekend, the Catholic Church enters Holy Week, a solemn period when the Church marks Christ's entry into Jerusalem, the institution of the sacraments of Holy Communion and Holy Orders, the Passion and Crucifixion of Christ, and His Triumphant Resurrection. On Monday at 7.30 p.m., Archbishop William E. Lorry will celebrate the Chrism Mass at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Homeland. During the ancient rite, the Archbishop will bless oils and consecrate chrism that will be used in the sacramental life of the church throughout the coming year. A team of volunteers will fill approximately 600 bottles with the blessed oils, distributing them to representatives of parishes and institutions at the end of the Mass. In a show of unity, priests from throughout the Archdiocese will publicly renew their commitment to priestly service during the liturgy. Everyone is encouraged to attend this celebration. The time of the Mass once again is 7.30 p.m. on Monday at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen. Archbishop Lurie will also celebrate Holy Thursday Mass at 7.30 p.m. at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen, a 7.30 p.m. Good Friday Liturgy at the Cathedral, the 8 p.m. Easter Vigil at the Cathedral, and a 10.45 a.m. Easter Sunday Mass at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Baltimore. Catholics are welcome to attend celebrations with the Archbishop or attend Holy Week liturgies at their home parishes. Also, on April 10th, Archbishop Lurie will be featured in a special national broadcast about World Youth Day in Krakow, Poland, to be aired at 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. on EWTN. Produced by the Knights of Columbus, which Archbishop Lurie serves as Grand Chaplain, the program will include a spiritual reflection by Los Angeles Auxiliary Bishop Robert Barron and a panel discussion on religious liberty that includes Archbishop Lurie, the chair of the Ad Hoc Committee for Religious Liberty at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Once again, that special program airs April 10th at 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. on EWTN. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica Gift Shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs, and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish in everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL.
Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. This is George Matisek from the Catholic Review. We have been speaking with Father Matthew Buning about the church's positive view of love and sex. Father Buning is the Catholic chaplain of Towson University. What do you say to those people who say, what does a celibate priest know about sex or why is he talking about it? Yeah. That's, you do get that. I think it's a kind of a, a, a kind of a knee-jerk defensive reaction to kind of say, "Well, this guy's making sense. I'm going to just attack the fact that you know he's never had sex or that he's a celibate, all these other things." Um, but, but you know, I always say that uh, you know you don't have like to know about something, and uh, um, it's it's not it's it's a. The experience that priests especially have, but I would say counselors probably also have the same, uh, of being able to see so many different um, oppor- cases or opportunities, uh, um, uh, things, people that uh, you, you've been working with so many married couples throughout um your ministry that you learn from them you know the the fundamental aspects of what what works what doesn't what's the um and so really you uh, unlike someone who might have just one experience with um uh, you know a couple for example that has one uh experience you you've got an experience of lots of different couples that have come to you you've talked to you've observed you've watched you've helped in some ways so you kind of uh, you, you actually widen your knowledge base uh, by being celibate because you can uh, learn from uh, so many different other couples that uh, the average, you know, just good married folk would not be able to kind of uh, see. So, because um, the experience in the confessional also opens you to lots of insights there. Well said. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, I, I know that's where the um, it, it just becomes clear of how, uh, like the you know the epidemic of, of pornography and how really serious it is, uh, and and how it really does. You know, we, we try to not you know talk about it too much or whatever, but it it really is. I think it it, it hurts people, and and they feel isolated and they don't know that they're there's a lot of people struggling with this and they feel like they're the only ones and they feel like, um, you know, this is, uh, they, they are, um, you know, a bad person or they just, you know, they're so weak or whatever. And so I, I think you're right. Learning in confessional to kind of uplift people, remind them that uh, the Lord is so merciful and loving and kind and he understands our, our own human nature because he became human himself. Uh, so he, he's, he understands our struggles and is always going to be there for us. Um, in a, in that, what I call, I always tell people, fight the noble battle. You know, it's, it, it, just don't give up the fight. You know, it is a hard fight. And it's going to be filled with ups and downs, some some great victories and some some crushing defeats. But but just don't give up the fight. It is so worth it. It is so valuable, and it is so difficult <laughs> in, in our world today. We, sometimes we feel surrounded, <laughs> and we just want to just put up the white flag and say, "Okay, I, you know, culture wins. I give up." <laughs> you know, um, but uh, just keep up the fight. What is it like for you personally? to go against this tidal wave and try to help others to to stand up against it. It's, it can't be easy. <laughs> you know, God knows that I am so weak um, that 
he has I, I don't understand how people have been so kind to like I, I write these articles this letter or I, you know I speak out about these things you know on a, on a somewhat regular basis and I'm still just waiting for somebody to like you know start firing back or get upset or but I haven't experienced that yet and I know that many of the greatest like kind of Catholic apologists nowadays you know talking about these things they get attacked all the time and uh, well probably because they're much more effective at uh, at fighting against this culture I, I really believe and experience has borne me out every time that that women especially but even guys they know what they're doing wrong, and they they they're attracted to the church's view of of love and 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 of sex, and they, um, you know, I I think they the truth will win out, as they say. Yeah. It sounds like the approach you take is so important. I mean, like the Archbishop's motto is charity and truth, and that seems exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to speak the truth, but be pastoral and understanding and. Charitable, oh, yeah. The, he is—he's a model for it, of course. But the quickest way to turn everybody off and to just make sure no one listens to you is to uh, speak truth without charity, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a disaster. Um, and it—and it—it hurts everyone. Um, I always think it's hypocritical too, because how much mercy do I need, uh, and and love do I need uh, uh, in my life? So. You know, so I, I I depend on that, and I depend on it for others as well. So I would, um, I, I think you're you're exactly right, that that pastoral approach, killing with kindness, mm-hmm. you know, that's always the way to go. Um, yeah. Anything you else you learned from this whole experience? You know, I I think I'm continually reminded. <clears throat> Of the fact that 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 people want um, they want to go out into the deep, but John Paul's probably his favorite, his most famous line was to young people: "Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch." Um, I think that people really want to be challenged to be better than they themselves think that they can be. Um, so I, I think this was confirmation of it, the positive acceptance of, of this message. Um, even if people disagreed with it, they recognized that this was uh, challenging them. This was moving them, you know, out into deeper water and not where it's just safe and comfortable, where uh, we can really make a big catch and not just a small little fish. And so I think people want that. And if we, as a, as a church, kept kind of calling people into that deep water and calling people to to be the, uh, as Matthew Kelly says, the best version of themselves. I think that message really is attractive to them. So um, so I think that was, and it encouraged me because sometimes I'm like, well, maybe it'd just be easier if I just, you know, just to accept people wherever they are and just don't worry about it and just show them, you know, love them. But real love is loving them where they are, but not not allowing them to stay there, <laughs> you know, moving them forward. So, um, yeah, so it's been encouraging that way. 
Thank you to Father Matthew Buning, Catholic Chaplain of Towson University, for speaking with us today. For more, be sure to check out catholicreview.org or look for the Amen column in the April edition of the Catholic Review. I'm George Matisek from the Catholic Review, and you have been listening to Catholic Baltimore. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.